0: which way you shake it advertising is a competitive field with many barriers to entry so by sharing stories and advice from those who've already broken in we as students and recent grads can apply some of their strategies to forge our own career path but make it your own rich Pychinski is going to be our north star this week he's a personable client service legend with 20 years of experience at leo burnett in chicago as well as other great agencies uh, in the city we both call home Today, Rich is breaking into academia. He is lecturing at both Loyola University in Chicago and University of Illinois at Urbana-Champaign. This episode breaks down how to build relationships in the virtual world, and he discusses what it takes to be an A-plus account team member. He knows his stuff. So for more info on Rich and his curated recommended resources, swipe over to Instagram and look up entering ad. A lot of great stuff there, I promise you that. This is the Breaking and Entering Podcast, and I am your accomplice, Gino Schellenberger. Kick it, Mikey. Rich Pichinski, welcome again to the Breaking and Entering Podcast. This is our second take, so I hope it turns out great
1: sounds good good to see or hear you again gino
0: that's right um how have you been you are in the suburbs of chicago just like me
1: how is the weather's nice today it's beautiful out uh already outside had a little exercise took my dog out life is good 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 so let's get started you have
0: um a great career actually one that i we've talked about that i kind of want to emulate in my own um my own life but to so, to recap a very 25 plus years in the industry, um, I'll do my best, but I know it won't encapsulate it perfectly. You graduated from the University of Illinois, Ill, just like myself, right? Uh, very involved there. You had your first job, uh, was it at Leo Burnett?
1: Uh, first yeah, first real job, real I mean, a job. job was yeah, Leo Burnett and was there for 25 plus years Mm -hmm. uh, on and off, different subsidiaries uh, within.
0: Right, so Leo Burnett and everybody from Chicago, most of our listeners are from U of I. Everybody knows Leo Burnett, that's a big name, but you've also worked at YNR, which has recently uh, merged with VML, which is a powerhouse agency right now that should be on people's radar, Uh, as well as FCB in Chicago, that's in the John Hancock building, also still alive, doing great work, um, but you started, I mean, you have a, a pretty long stint here at ARC Worldwide, which was bought by Leo Burnett. Am I correct on that?
1: Right. All part of the Publicis group network, correct?
0: Yep. Publicis, the third largest, I believe. I'm not sure what the stats are now with COVID, but Publicis, third largest holding company, I think uh, WPP and then IPG and then Publisys. I could be wrong on IPG as a second, but. Um, Those are also familiar yourself with the familiarize yourself with those holding companies as a student because they have hundreds of agencies within their conglomerates. Um, But to kind of show this uh, shift that you've had from the long stint at Leo and these great creative powerhouse traditional agencies, you kind of broke into uh, education uh, with a stint at Marquette. As a adjunct faculty lecturer, then now today, Loyola University in Chicago.
1: Yeah, and some late breaking news: It looks like I'll be teaching uh, spring semester at Illinois uh, one online class. So uh, stay tuned for that. More more to come. Wow. Uh, yeah. So looking forward to do that. Yep. That's awesome.
0: What is the what's the class?
1: Um, looks to be sports uh, sports PR. So, um, ah. bring, uh, kind of a, a different look to that. Uh, one of my, um, uh, folks that I've worked with in the past, he actually taught me in the SBC program, Steve Arkell yep. um, has taught that class in the past and always had a great following, um, because he brings real world experience. And I hope to, you know, fill those big, uh, chief line I wex shoes of, of steve's he was was the chief so he uh,
0: was um yeah we definitely interviewed him i took that class at sports marketing class so big shoes to fill i he predominantly he was very big on bringing in um like his network and that was awesome uh so i'm sure you'll do just the same if not better as well you also do this thing 3.14 communications as the principal there tell us about that real quick.
1: Uh, it's just a, some consulting that I do um, on the side. Um, work on a variety of different clients, um, branding work, um, even work consulting with how to build teams and how to build you know stronger relationships with uh, primary and secondary audiences. So, Orange Theory, um, I've worked for, on a senior living facility, rebranding that and relaunching that uh, successfully. So. Um, it's just kind of an area of interest, bringing some of those past experiences, but currently at, um, MX group, which is a B2B firm working on Holly frontier, which is an industrial greases, lubrication, uh, client based out of Canada, but has a worldwide footprint.
0: That's what you're doing now. Correct. Gotcha. Okay. So, um, and you're doing more consulting work there as well.
1: It's um it's a full time gig as a, a group account director.
0: Oh. And then
1: I just kind of fill things in, like you're saying, in terms of teaching and doing uh, some side consulting. Everybody's got a side hustle, Gino, right? So that that's my side hustle in my second half of my uh, the back half of my career. Second you,
0: half. Well, you stay busy then. If you uh, got the full time, you're also yeah. doing consulting on the side and you're doing you're teaching some classes. So
1: yeah, yeah. kind of giving and, giving and, give and take at different times as my schedule allows.
0: Wow. Um, so we'll definitely have to probably talk about like the time management aspect of that, but let's kick it yeah. back. Let's 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 kick it back to your kind of overview of your um, hardcore agency days. What, what was your role? You were predominantly what? Uh, an account executive or a strategist. I know you probably dabbled around, but what was your main, uh, where did you fall into for the most uh,
1: part? Account management side. Um, Burnett is is very smart. They they try to you know groom their people before they put them into the, those kind of roles where you're client facing. They uh, have a training program. So at the time, the training program took me through uh, media. So I spent about a year and a half in media working on Kellogg's, uh, buying you know children's programming in the morning back in the day, and then sometimes we would you know help out on the adult side of uh, of that. But moved into the account management side, had good fortune to work on businesses like um, United Airlines, Sealy, 7up, um, Allstate, um, to name a few. On the Arc side, uh, helped run the Whirlpool Maytag business where we were uh, together with uh, Digitas and led a team of about 50 people. Uh, Maytag man, what you see, that's been on air for about the past five years. Yeah. Uh, that was my team that came up with the kind of the refresh of uh, the more contemporized Maytag man. So real proud of that work. Um, and, you know, fun things too, like mayhem and working with sports properties uh, here in Chicago and, and outside. And we happened to get lucky. You know, one of those years was when the White Sox won the world championship too. So that, that was kind of like cherry oh, yeah. cherry on the top.
0: Yeah. I'm a, big a Sox fan. Sweater,
1: as a Southsider, that that really was kind of special for me.
0: Where did uh, Where did you go to high school? If you're you're a Southside guy,
1: Southside um, South suburbs called Thornwood. Um, claim to fame, uh, Sticks, the band Sticks. Yeah, came out came out of Thornwood and played the first homecoming. That I wasn't there. I was a I was a wee bit child, but uh, Thornwood on the the Southside. Wow. Uh, Eddie Curry played for the Bulls. Uh, Cliff Lloyd for the Cubs and some other teams. So yeah.
0: Um, yeah um yeah i my dad uh was a guidance counselor over in evergreen park
1: oh really a long
0: time so that's i don't know if that's close or not but south side uh, airport cool so leo Burnett, um i we got to break it down right because when you hear the name leo Burnett, people kind of go crazy i remember when i first decided to go into advertising as a freshman or maybe senior year in high school um a lot of my neighbors are like, yeah, advertising, you want to go work at Leo Burnett one day? I'm like, oh, let me go check this out. So it's like the first top of mind like gut reaction people have, especially in the Chicagoland area, when you say, I want to go into advertising, that's like the end goal. Was that the case? Um, did it have that allure when you were there? Did you know you were getting into kind of like this premier big t- big time agency?
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it did have that lure, and, and I think to some degree it still does, you know, um, Back then, absolutely, agencies were, um, you know, uh, really kind of looked to by by ever av- uh, marketing companies to be their partner, and there were you know fewer media choices, right? And content was that came they came pr- primarily through ad agency development, you know, for larger companies, and it would run you know on national television, or you know you buy local like we did with Kellogg's in some instances, and print, TV, radio, outdoor. Um, that's what you would do in newspaper. And then, you know, the world kind of blew up when the internet stuck the second time around and then all the platforms, you know, came into being. And then the mashup between traditional and, and, you know, digital social um, is, you know, where we're at today. And media companies, you know, kind of back in the day were the, you know, part of agencies. Now media companies, you know, are separate from them and platforms call on, call on, you know, clients now. I mean, so it, it's become a even more competitive marketplace for um, our clients, you know, eyes and dollars. Um, right. right. And, and Lil Burnett, you know, Lil Burnett is still there, um, still, you know, doing well, um, but just, is, you know, always trying to reinvent itself, right? And, and find, you know, what is their sweet spot? I left it a, a couple of years ago. Still have good friends that work there and would very much, you know, say that, it's a great place to work great training um but I like to also think you know as I tell my students you know open your eyes right there's as i've mentioned you know the platforms the media platforms um and and a lot of the obviously digital social um are ways in to begin your career and even going client-side clients are bringing in their and have you know for a number of years have their own in-house right specialists so um those are all open avenues it's not just kind of the i want to work at an agency i'd love to work at burnett kind of approach Um, so we'll probably yeah i mean it's 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 um one that i think that uh people kind of kind of fall into that rut and think i need to work in an agency and what i would say is you know there is um more opportunity i think in startups um, and in smaller organizations. So, you know, be very aware and mind those opportunities hard um, and, and do those things, you know, in advance before your senior year, if you can, you know, because those are the people that are looking for more of kind of the entrepreneurial spirit of students to solve their problems.
0: Yeah. But how do you, um, um, like once it goes to ad week, like Chicago has a lot of small cool startup agencies or just in-house agencies so there's a lot of different routes to get in but like i'm looking at this ad week article that just came out the number one 100 fasting 100 fastest growing agencies number one on the list is high dive that's in chicago they out of all 100 in this article high dive is was smaller but by the time it gains recognition by um these major major publications it's almost impossible to break into those. So my question really is what can we do to like research these up and coming agencies kind of like, like investing in a stock, right? Once it's already public, it's kind of like already at its max value. Um, How can we find that on the earlier side? How do we do that proper research? Uh,
1: Honestly, I think it, it comes through, you know, your network and, and finding, you know, those kind of places and spaces by, you know, searching out the internet looking in kind of maybe some non-traditional areas where, you know, they might be posting, um, you know, their work. And, you know, also to watching the client side, where where are the clients moving their business to, to be honest, you know, I'm, I'm on the back half of my career and I, I don't read, you know, some of those traditional publications that I once did. And, and that's why I would say, you know, read things like crane Chicago business and wall street journal and, you know, and use your um, network into the professional side and ask people who are young, you know, where are the jobs coming from? Because they're the ones, you know, with the networks that you guys have established that are likely to know about them. because they're, like any agency that's growing, they're too busy. They don't need to go and promote themselves, right? People mm-hmm. find them. And I, I know it's kind of like it seems a little bit odd, but that's the truth. There's so, right now there, and always, honestly, there's always been a, you know, needing to kind of put your head down and do the work. And then you kind of wake up and say, oh man, we need some more resources. And then you, you quickly, you know, scour, you know, people's, uh, you know, networks for those contacts. So there, there isn't like one magic silver bullet or place to go, but it largely probably comes from your network and working the younger professional network to find those kind of up and comers.
0: All right. So how do you tap, like, what are the, what are some of the more successful ways people have reached out to you or that you recommend tapping into the, into the network, right? Because we have these people on LinkedIn. Some people are more shy, which is fair. Um, And right now it's definitely difficult to kind of get a job or whatever, So how do you tap into your network in a healthy way that's empathetic, that saves their time, and you're not wasting? you know, we don't want to waste anybody's time. So how do you do that?
1: Well, I I think, you know, with more people obviously at home, there is there isn't the pressure of the office, I feel. I mean, there's pressure to get your work done still. And it can be some arguably even harder now and you work more hours. But I, I do feel like it's a little bit easier to make time for people. And again, I don't think the world has changed so much with COVID or with technology that you don't do traditional things, right? You said LinkedIn. I don't think that there is a better network than LinkedIn. If there is, someone probably needs to kind of inform me and then bring it forward. But it's the largest, best, quickest way to kind of make, make those connections too. I think you've gotta be you know, kind of voracious in terms of your appetite to learn and read and like you talk about you know going to you know publications that's what you need to do you know you need to look for virtual events too where there might be networking going on mm-hmm. look to the look to the hr department right i mean they're not just doing hiring they're constantly scouring linkedin and other job sites for prospects right they need to build their bench and i was just talking to the head of client service at my company about how we don't do this but I, I don't even remember Burnett even doing much of this where they were interviewing people. So that's why I would say young people need to proactively go out there and not be afraid to tell their story and to get their resume or better their digital portfolio or digital website links in front of these people and then give them, you know, again, the sound bite of who you are and what separates you. Point of differentiation is something you talk about when you write a brief, like what's Mm -hmm. different about my brand. Same holds true for you. You know, that you were in a club, that you held a position in your sorority, or you were an RA, that's good. That demonstrates leadership. But what more are you doing now? Are you going out and maybe solving problems for a small business or a neighbor's business in the area, right? You ought to be demonstrating that you can solve problems. It's not just that you've been a leader or you've been part of a club or you took some classes, but you have to show even when you're younger, how you've begun to solve problems. That's what they try to do. Obviously with an interview is they, they're looking for a fit, right? It's not Mm -hmm. just about personality. It's not just what you put on your resume. They're trying to determine, you know, you know, is Gino a critical thinker? Can they create a problem solve? Do they seem like a team player? Um, how have they solved issues? How have they overcome adversity? Those are, I think, some of the maybe different ways that you can separate and differentiate yourself when you have that opportunity. And getting in is just, I think, it's it's being creative and being a little bit crafty. And I don't mean in a devious way, but find people that maybe are younger that know who are the hiring managers that are at a company and don't be afraid to reach out to them, especially if they're alumni, right? And just just make it short, get to the point, and then do the proper follow-up. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. That, you know, obviously held true 40 years ago, holds true today. I think, you know, to something that I thought you may have said, I guess we'd have to rewind here, uh, the tape, if you will. But you can't be afraid, you know, of bothering them, right? You're not bothering them. If I can find somebody who I know can do a job and fill that slot when the opportunity is there, you've done me a service because now I have that bench, that internal network of people that I can lean into. And what's happening now, at least at my company, is that very same thing where I am providing people from my past you know, connections to opportunities that are opening up. And some of these things are not even in account service. They're more on the technical side. Because I've heard about somebody's friend or someone within the university that either put themselves forward, you know, to me or through some of my network contacts.
0: Yes, yes. I want to kind of break down some of those points because those you just you just said some great things. Um, I think the first lesson that I wrote down from what you just said is it's everybody's doing the right things, right? Everybody's involved or they're you know they're staying busy, they should be. Uh, we're talking about like the real competition or like your peers that are going to make it eventually. They're all doing the right things, but it's not enough to just do the right thing. You kind of have to do the loud thing, the brave thing. Um, So if that is, um, uh, you know, going to your local um, grocery store and doing advertising for for that, standing out in a way that's creative, I think that is against the grain is important. I think, whatever that is for you. And we're all in the creative industry. So you take some time to think what skills that you have that can help out your community and then do it. But it's also important to capture and tell that story, right? So if it is a website that you have for yourself, if you have a channel, some sort of content stream that really depicts what you're doing clearly is very important. So people like recruiters, like you said before, can acknowledge you. Uh, on your platforms, whether it's LinkedIn, that you can stand out. But it's also important, I think, we talk about LinkedIn a lot. And Rich, I mean, you're the perfect demographic for LinkedIn. Um, And you have to understand that demographic that is on LinkedIn. However, if you are trying to reach out to somebody that is like your son, um, Luke, uh, I wouldn't go maybe necessarily the LinkedIn route. Maybe I would go DM him on Twitter or I would try to get a message on Twitter. So it's understanding that demographic and how you can reach out because Twitter, Instagram, other social media channels, those are perfectly legal. As long as you are following the social norms that we kind of all understand as Gen Z and millennials, you can do that. So this is great stuff here. Um, Is there anything else like with network tapping into that you found? Maybe you've had like an experience where somebody just did it really well with you and you were able to help out.
1: Um, you know, I, first I want to say just about, you know, social media presence too. two things. One is in, in solving those business problems, likely given people's background and what they've been trained, you know, through their, you know, university classes and projects that is significant. And in understanding the platform, because you guys are digital natives more than I think a lot of the people maybe that might, you know, be running businesses, that is an, an advantage that's where i think you know don't forget to to do those things and the second part about the digital is make sure your digital presence is something that an employer um is wanting in you meaning um that you did a lot of funny or cool things socially um and they happened after five o'clock make sure that those things are not um unprofessional if you will yeah. so Keep those things in mind. I want to talk about that
0: too, though, because <laughs> okay, um, I, in the advertising Twitter realm, which Twitter, you know, by, but de- depending on what type of content you follow, your feed will the algorithm will show content tailored to you. Whether that's <laughs> creepy or not, where we can talk about that for days with like that new documentary. But the advertising Twitter world is interesting. It is not as uh prim and proper as LinkedIn. And that's okay. It's by design that way. You don't have to have these um super professional or profound thoughts on Twitter. A lot of these advertising professionals, I don't, um th- they're like sometimes like inappropriate, but they're themselves. And that's more that copy and creative world. But that can kind of give you some salvation as well. Um, you don't want to be going like, you know, saying super bad stuff, but it is kind of like a freedom of expression in the advertising Twitter realm, maybe that's when you break in. But something worth noting that it's you don't have to stress too much about like the nitty gritty of your professional portfolio on Twitter.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, again, you just got to know the medium, right? And I right. And again know your audience, right? And the way you know your audience is, I would say, you know, check out the the platforms of. Burnett, check out the platforms of Havas. I know Havas is much more edgier, right? Edelman probably is somewhere in between the, the those two. Um mm-hmm. the company.
0: Very straightforward, Edelman.
1: Right. Um, so again, know your audience, you know, with that. Um, and again, in your discipline too, exactly. I think creatives, obviously, you can be a little bit more cutting edge, you can be a little bit more flip, right? But right again I would I would say look at the organization before you know mm-hmm. just kind of draw you know uh, your own kind of uh view of it um from conversation really kind of study that a bit um, and again not like you have to change things to your point yeah. but just but just know what it is right because maybe that's not the company you want to work for right maybe that's not the fit you know down the line because they're a little bit more buttoned up. We're, and some people want that. Other people want a little bit, kind of fast and loose, right? So that that's that's again from doing your homework. And
0: um, that's so important. Doing your homework is surrounding yourself with like this material. If yeah. you want to go all in and you say, "Hey, I want to break into advertising," like that kind of needs to be like what content you're consuming all the time. Whether you're talking about it with friends, every, like with people that you know that are also in advertising, but you need to start subscribing to all the resources that we put on the instagram you need to you know that you should want to as well so it it probably comes natural to those that really want a long career in the in in the space but that also helps
1: right absolutely and you know look look for people you know look at campaigns look at work that's out there you know from traditional companies and non-traditional companies and and from service sector and and fashion and and other things in culture, not just those things, but a wide swath of it. I I think sometimes uh, students get caught up in, you know, loving fashion or loving music, and they get kind of like tunnel vision on that stuff. And and I say, you're way too early in your career to be kind of like picking one sole path, right? Right. It's good to have that kind of passion and interest in it, but understand the difference between passion and what is maybe a hobby of yours or an interest versus what is kind of a career path, right? Because I will tell you things like music, things like fashion are even more finite in terms of their opportunity, unless you want to kind of like go out on your own or go out with a one or two person kind of situation. But then you're really walking a tightrope, right? And there isn't that stability of maybe some more of that traditional side. But again, maybe people are ready, willing, and able to make that investment early in their careers and experience that and then slide over to something else. I mean, yeah. that's why it's your own personal journey and how you get there is really your path. Just like when you're at an organization, your career development is on you. It's not on your supervisor. It's not on the organization. Yes, they help, but it's on you really to get that upward trajectory in that organization, if you want, or that sideways move to take you on a different path, right?
0: Nice. So. That's that's a good segue. Then we can I, we can dive a little bit more into once you get into that first job, which we don't talk about much on this show, and I I promised that in the in the trailer that I never really touch upon. What are some of those ways? Like, let's say you are an entry level um, account an a AA, an AAE at XYZ agency just your traditional, more digital agency. What are some of those good habits that you can we can start developing now, um, maybe while we're not employed, that will help us um, grow within the agency?
1: Well, I think, again, you got to know your craft, right? And the way you learn about and know that craft is through informational interviews. It's from continuing to network and talk to people. It's getting involved in professional organizations, even if you don't have a job. Oftentimes, I'll I'll call out one. I was a board member uh, for a period of time with Chicago Ad Federation, great group, very active. They're yes. doing it digitally now, right? There is a subgroup within there called Young Professionals that I, with another uh, person, helped to kind of reform within there. They, they welcome in people who not only are in the business, but have an interest. And at the time it was a 25 or $50, you know, membership fee, I think to belong. Those are ways that you can go in and network and watch and learn, even if you are not in it yet, right? So it kind of serves multiple purposes there by getting into those places, Spaces, right? There is no magic, right? To hard work and networking, right? It's just, how do you go in, you know, into that? And just because you have a friend, uh, you know, of a family member or something, and they're there and they, they've taken your your portfolio or your resume, that that is just the tip of the iceberg of what right. you should be doing, right? You should be trying to find five or 10 people in that organization to talk to. You should ask them to introduce you to people, to talk to other people, to learn about. Your That's family. the
0: call to action.
1: Yeah, absolutely. To- and. And then yep. do do the follow-up and each person's follow-up may be different. So you've got to keep a log of that, right? You know, have a little spreadsheet of that just like you would with a job search mm-hmm. because you are going to run into these people again somewhere down the line. My son, right? You know, his company's doing well, but I always encourage him, go out to lunch with the people that where you intern. Talk to that person at the place that you interned at that now is at a different place because that's how your next job happens. That's mm-hmm. how... They learn about you and what your growth is at the that organization or maybe someone that wants to make a move. And if it's not you, you can refer somebody. And that's always, you know, appreciated um, by that individual. You know, it's a give and take. Right. Don't forget, you know, it's the adage of, you know, value. You know, what's the value proposition? You know, Like, what does the consumer want? You know, what is the seller giving? Right. It's the same thing, too. You know, it's not just their time and interest. They're learning about you. You, you may be a future hire of theirs, right? You know, you yeah. hope maybe you're telling something them about what's going on in the marketplace because, you know, you are a consumer of that good, right? Think about, you know, what is their interest? What is their passion? What you can give back to someone. Don't go in there with selfish intentions go in there with a kind of a giving attitude, right? And I believe in, in putting good karma out there, right? And that's putting good karma. It's not just to get it back, right? But you know, you just got to put it out there. Steve Raquel, he's he's a guy who puts a lot of good karma out there, right? Yes, he does. Yeah, he, he talks to me. And you know, he helped me leverage into, you know, the opportunity to, to teach what maybe will be his class. So I so appreciate that. But Steve and I have known each other for honestly, probably 15, if not more years. And I, you know, hopefully share some things with him that he learns from and he knows he can go to me as a resource. The same holds true whether you have a job or not. Right. You can't be afraid to put yourself out there. You you heard you said the word not in this context, shy. This business, you can't be shy. Right. If you're shy, you're probably not going to have success or success as quickly as you could if you just kind of push yourself out there. And you know what, there's so many people out there and it is a small incest juice network, you Mm -hmm. just gotta kind of give it up and go into it with the thought knowing that I'm gonna learn something and I might give something back to that person too in that conversation or in that email that I send them. So,
0: right. Is there a difference between, uh, there's gotta be a difference between shy and introverted, right? (laughs) I'm not an introvert, and I'm not very shy. So I'm not really an expert on the difference. I know, there are past guests that I've had on this show that kind of speak more towards that. But um, shy, I, I, I would imagine, is the being afraid to reach out. And, you know, intimidated, while introverts just prefer maybe to be in their own head or just, you know, do not prefer to be out and about as much. I don't, that's a probably a poor shot of way of describing it, but introverts are still very intellectual and they they still contribute in a different way. But when you're shy, it's like, you just don't even try.
1: Right. And again, it, it, and I, I know people who are introverts, but introverts for the most part, speaking for client service, tend not to be in the particular discipline, right? accounts in the client side, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. either way, right? You know, it, you know when there's about relationship and, and day-to-day project management, because obviously there's a lot of um, personal connectivity that's going on and introverts, for the most part, shy from that until they have that kind of that, that comfort level, right? Sure. So I, I think they tend to find their way more into strategy, maybe more into the... Uh, quantitative analytic side and so there are places and spaces for them mm-hmm. as well where it is a little bit more of independence that you do you may work in teams but they may be smaller teams it may not be the volume that an account person does or or a creative does right mm-hmm. but that's the kind of stuff i would hope you would be finding out you know in your freshman and sophomore year of college right if you are you know if that is your personality makeup because if you have graduated and you want to go account work and you know that you are an introvert, it will be harder for you. I will tell you, it will be hard just to make that connection to get a a job interview and then much less get hired. And again, it's not saying you can't, but just you got to know who you are and what the role calls for. Right. So do your research, do your homework again about, you know, what is required in that role. And you know, maybe it's you belong somewhere else right with your talents and skills and you know your 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 personal makeup and 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 that's not that's not a fault or negative right it's just knowing where is your lot in life you know what is the lane where you can contribute that's all yep
0: yep and um i think like i can recall back to steve hall's freshman my freshman year lecture with steve hall in advertising 150 he just basically went through the basics of each role and you kind of know which one like pops your head up like oh that sounds like me. So right. just remember those roots. Yeah. Um, like I, I just went through kind of like this, um, this identity shift from all of college. I knew I well, even before college, I knew I wanted to be in a, an, an account, an account side, account executive, account manager, whatever you want to call it. Um, but with this podcast and starting it up, doing kind of like most of the work on the floor end, I was like, hmm, maybe strategy is something I'm interested in. So for about couple weeks, I was like in this strategy mode and I was like, oh, I could, I really can see myself in this strategy position. And it wasn't really working out with the conversations and the network I was tapping into. And just the conversations. I was like, eh, I got to go back to my account because that's who I am. Like yeah. I kind of, I just had to be true to myself, maybe down the line. But for right now, I know that's still my goal is to be a great account. Uh, yeah.
1: That's what I, I would say about strategy when that calls to the account people or maybe to a a credit happens. Yeah. I mean, it does happen, but the reality is that a strategist, I think grows into being a strategist because they're the ones who are kind of charged with kind of framing the problem and helping to develop, you know, the insights and painting the picture of the target audience. When you're 21, 22 years old, Unless you are a genius, you don't, know, you don't know the world enough. You don't know the resources. You don't know how to kind of shape yeah. and tell that story. That comes with time. And you can kind of grow into that role. And I think you see account people migrate over. And that's what I would, you know, any of you people that are thinking about it out there, it may just come a little bit later in life, right? And I would say, hang with the strategists, you know, and see what they do. And t- take on small, what would be strategy projects and from your boss, and and see if they really are your calling, right? So don't turn that that light off in your head. Just kind of take it down a notch or two, and and mm. see if that bulb illuminates a little bit more later on. Is what I'd I. I like
0: that. I like that because you part of insights and developing those insights is understanding humans all mm. and what drives humans and their decision making process. As a twenty two year old, going to be twenty three soon, uh, what do I know? Like. I might know a little bit, but I need to take time to form into that. What, and but what about the roles like junior brand strategists? I see those have been popping up. Are they looking for like to form somebody into a strategist, or is it usually somebody transfers in? How does that traditional route look?
1: It, I I think it's it, there isn't a one size fits all answer sure. to that. I think you have to get into the organization and meet those people and understand. First ask them what was their journey to this role and you know, where do they see it going within this organization and larger? And then the second question would be, you know, what, you know, what called you know you into this role? So understand, you know, the side of the company and you know what they look for, but understand, you know, what was that person's personal journey into that? And then take that and keep go to the next agency and ask those same questions of that junior strategist or strategist. And yeah. And ask that question of, if not, if you don't get to them, go to the HR person or ask the account person, how does that happen? How does a, a person get into strategy? Do they hire into that role or is it really something that, you know, someone migrates over to within the company, right? Um, and same thing sometimes happens with creative. I've I've seen that happen, but generally speaking, it's, you know, it's more the... Build your portfolio and you know you find someone that takes you in.
0: That, I don't know. That that realm of advertising seems crazy to me. I have interviewed creatives. I am friends with a lot of creative, I've worked with a lot of creatives. I don't know. I If you were to quiz me right now on how a creative gets their job, I would say something portfolio has to be good. Um, and that's uh, maybe a good website. I don't really know how that world works. And I'm just kind of glad I'm not in it. That's just not who I am. But I, I props to everybody. Listen, that is a creative. That's a tough, it's a tough break in. That's a whole different story.
1: Yeah. But I, the short answer, if I'll just take that as a question, even though you're not asking me, it's yeah, I'll it's, ask it. a group creative director, see something in that portfolio and they take them under the wing. I've seen that happen. I'd say 50 to 75% of the time. That's how they get their job. You know, whereas a strategist, it doesn't go that way. It's, they, they they've come over from another department um or they're they start um just kind of picking up assignments um you know uh, and and answering some questions and then lo and behold they they become a strategist but mm. but all the creative comes from someone taking them under their wing because they've seen something in their portfolio that has been worked over a hundred times right yeah um, but i that's I'm sure that you've gotten that in another podcast.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, is there any other like basic advice that you have? We know how to do the right things, the, the importance of networking. Is there any like words of wisdom you might have um, before we wrap it up that, you know, some motivation or um, some tangible advice you might have that's different against the grain for our students listening?
1: Um, I would say you, you got to be your best cheerleader. Um, no one's gonna sit there and give you a job. And you've got to really have the passion and fire inside you to be absolutely relentless in it. And relentless is not outward. it's inward. Ooh. i am I am um, a little bit older. I have some experience, but in this movement in my career, where I have a lot of experience, but now I want to, you know, maybe hopefully make a difference and try some things on the academic side. I need to be relentless in this. I need to use my network. I need to demonstrate different skills and experiences or accentuate other positives that are of value to my buyer. Right. And I need to kind of always stay on top of it. Right. It doesn't you know, it doesn't happen because someone remembered me suddenly, right? It more often has come because I've picked up, you know, the phone and had some personal connection with them. I've, you know, sent them a note, you know, reminding them about something that we had talked about that, you know, came across my gray matter I saw in Wall Street Journal or someone mentioned to me, right? It, It came from, you know, a new opportunity that I think would work, you know, for that person. And I'm giving again, I'm giving them something, but you've got to be relentless. You got to be wanting to give people gifts, you know, intellectual gifts of, you know, what's inside you. And those to me are demonstrations of what's going to separate you and keep you top of mind for that moment when they do have a position, right? Or there's a, this little project but they don't, you know, know what to do with it. And you are standing in the front of the line in their um, their memory, right? Or or you talk to them, right? About this, and, and I and it's not just because I'm a little bit older than you, Gino, but it's because it works. I'm telling you, the face to face when we get out of this COVID situation, or at the very least, picking up the phone and having a connection or a visual connection, you know, through the different platforms mm-hmm. like Zoom or Google Meetup, right? Do those things. Try to make, you know, hear a voice, see the eyes, especially in this time, and don't just leave it up to an email, right? I think we all are dying for more connections, right? And, you know, the spirit and passion of a person who wants to get in the business and is trying to demonstrate, you know, that they're working hard toward that. And maybe, you know, when the moment is right, can give a gift, you know, sure. is is what is going to separate you. And again, be relentless in that because you need to do it, not the person getting back to you.
0: Perfect. Well, thank you very much. Um, Everybody's okay to reach out to you, Rich, uh, to connect and uh, say hello.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, find me on LinkedIn. And uh, always happy to have a chat with students when I'm in the classroom. They have my personal information too when I teach. And uh, for those of you that – might be at uh, Loyola or at U of I. If you see a, a class with Pychinski behind it, take it. Take it, please. Yeah, I, I want to get to know you. Love to help you because it goes beyond just what I'm going to teach. I promise you, mm-hmm. it's about developing this network. You guys are the future. You need to leverage people like myself and those who have experience and that want to give that additional. And I hope you know that. That's what I I can give back in the last 15, 20 years of my work life here. Well,
0: on behalf of all students, we appreciate it. Have a great day. All right. You do the same.
1: Thanks, Gina. Appreciate it.
0: Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Breaking Entering Podcast. Got to do my shout outs. Shout out to Rich. Uh, great guy. We've been in contact for a long time now. Everybody should go reach out to him. If you're at Loyola or uh, UIUC, go ahead and sign up for his classes. Um, now for our team, uh, Mikey Markey, audio engineer. Bouchan Jung, our graphic designer, creative director. Audrey Nussbaum, co-host. Um, Kyle Moore, our strategist. And our Midnight Oil student team. Thank you to everybody. Can't do without you. We will see you all next week.